Hare Krishna, Vanche Kalpatribhyascha Kripa Sindhu, Bhyendachapatitanam, Bhavanebhyo, Vaishnavebhyo, Namaha. Welcome back to Canto 11, Chapter 27. Uddhava is hearing from Krishna about the process of deity worship. And we are uh, up to text 16, 16 and uh, 17. Uh, we had a long break during which my computer crashed <laughs> and has been restored, but I've lost some data. But uh, you know, we started uh, last week with text 15, and uh, this section of the of the uh, uh, of this chapter uh, 15, 16, 17, and 18 those uh, verses that we're on. Are, consider, uh, are concerned with upadana. Upadana means uh, selecting and gathering the items for worship. Uh, I'll just remind you, uh, there are five aspects of worship. Uh, this is called panjanga puja. The uh, puja of five anga of course, it means a limb, a branch, also can be a category, five categories of activity, abhigamana, uh, approaching the temple, which means getting yourself cleaned and properly dressed, ornamented, kilat, techniques, all those things, uh, cleaning the temple, uh, cleaning the altar, uh, so the everything you generally do in a temple, to it, including Mangalarti, are considered apagamana. Upadana, two long A's there in the beginning, upadana. Gathering the articles for worship. Uh, three is, this, the third anga is called yoga which means becoming fixed in your spiritual identity. We'll talk about this some, Buddha, Shuddha, purifying your your body and mind, Jnana, uh, meditating on the Lord, and so on. All these things becoming, uh, putting yourself in the the Pujari, in the proper spiritual frame of mind. Because you're going to come close to the deity, which is spirit, and if you're not spirit, you can't come close. Ija is the actual worship, uh, uh, the 64 items of worship, or the 32, or the 16, or the 8, depending upon your level of, you know, the total thing is 64 items. The items are called upacharas. So this is number four is Ija, worship. And then finally, uh, Swadhyayana, the fifth Anga, uh, studying Shastra, and the whole process of spiritual cultivation is Swadhyayana. Uh, so so that, that's, that's the framework that we're in with these, these Panchanga. Uh, you can find this uh, uh, given in the, the, the Pancharachakapatipika book, uh, that manual uh, based on the Hari Bhakti Vilas and adopted for Iskand. It's there. And that's the, it's in the database, this book. 
Antaraja Kapadipika. And I would say two volumes came out, one called Volume 1, you see this? And then the supplement to Volume 1, and there's no Volume 2 ever showed up, and they're doing a new one. So, and it's a little complicated. I can see why you might want to like... Because uh, you're dealing with simple deity worship at home, simple deity worship in the temple, elaborate deity worship in the temple. I mean, we have quite a range of, of, uh, of involvement in deity worship. Uh, so you maybe have to have a lot of complexity there. Anyway, so there we are. We're on this section called Upadana, selecting and gathering the items for worship, at, which we started uh, last week. Uh, Fifteen went. Uh, one should worship me in my deity form by offering the most excellent paraphernalia for the devotee completely free from material desires may worship me with whatever he's able to obtain and may even worship me within his heart with mental paraphernalia. So here you see right there in that one verse, uh, most excellent paraphernalia, but if you're a very pure devotee, whatever you can get your hands on, you can just use water for everything. And you can't even do that. You can just do it all mentally. So there's a range of options there. Uh, as far as the drovya, the items or the, the elements and things that you use for deity worship. And we discussed in there the, 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 the uh, uh, long uh, idea about Raghava Pandit is the person who was really concerned with Chaitanya Lila with offering excellent things to the Lord with his coconuts and, and how he would go send people from miles away if there were fruits or uh, items that were uh, super excellent. So that should be the mood. Uh, and now we're up to uh, 16 and 17. These two verses are translated together. Uh, the next two verses, 18 and 19, are done separately, but I think I'll probably treat them together too. So, but... but uh, 16 and 17 are uh, uh, also considered with upadana, uh, items for worship. So uh, we'll read that, uh, that text now. First we'll say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So 16 and 17. Snanalankaranam-prishtam-archayam-evatum-tada-tandile-tattadimyasau-vannav-adhyakritam-adhihi-suryecabhyaharanam-prishtam-prishtam-prishtam-prishtam-prishtam-prishtam-prishtam-pr
Oblations of sesame and barley soaked in ghee are the preferred offerings to the sacred sacrificial fire, whereas worship consisting of upastana and ardhya is preferred for the sun. One should worship me in the form of water by offering water itself. Actually, whatever is offered to me with faith by my devotee, even if only a little water is most dear to me. That's the translation. Uh, uh, so when you look at the Sanskrit, snana, alankaranam, prishtam, archaryam, eva. Uh, uh, to Udhava, addressing Udhava. So for the Acharyam, Acharya is the deity. So the Prashtam, most appreciated, Prashtam is the superlative form of Priya. Priya, dear or loved, beloved. So this is the most right or Archam, meaning the deity in the temple. Archa Avatar. Asnana Alankaram. Uh, bathing uh, and decorating with clothing and ornaments. Shtandile Tattvinaso. Shtandile means the deity drawn upon the ground. Uh, earlier in this text, they had mentioned these other forms of the Lord that are worshipped as deities, and one is one that is drawn upon the ground. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, there's a deity made the Vastu Purusha by using uh, colored uh, uh, powders to make the deity or various yantras and so on like that that are done upon the ground. And then they say this process, which is not translated here, uh, this Tattva Vinyasa. We'll go back over that. Um, and then uh, the deity in the fire. Uh, that's also been mentioned earlier. If you go back and you look at uh, text 9, for example, that's mentioned as one kind of deity is the fire, meaning the sacrificial fire. That's regarded as a deity. Uh, the mouth of Vishnu. deity. Uh, 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 so that's been mentioned already. There's delay was mentioned twice in text 9 and text 14 you know, on the earth. Uh, uh, the word stundila means an open or unoccupied piece of ground, an open field, and also particularly refers to a piece of ground that's been leveled, squared, and prepared for sacrifice. A lot of times you see yantras done that way, which are then they're deities. Anyway, so this tapta vinasa. Uh, I'll explain that later. Just finish go to this, and then for the sacrificial fire, uh, oblations of sesame and barley soaked in ghee are the preferred offerings. Uh, that's what's mentioned here. Uh, here it says, Tattva Vinasa, by the way, 
establishing the expansions and potencies of the Lord within the various limbs of the deity by chanting respective mantras. That's what it says right in the word for word. They expand upon the meaning of this Tattvinasa. Uh, and then for the fire, uh, Nivani, uh, Adja, which is ghee, and Havi, uh, those things like sesame and barley and those things that are offered in the fire. Then the next verse, Surye, uh, for the sun, they say this, they use this word Abhyarhanam, which here is, is, is glossed. Um, the word gloss is a little old-fashioned, maybe scholarly word for meaning an explanation of a text is called a gloss. So it's glossed here, the yoga meditation of 12 asanas and offering of argya. Argya is the mouthwash water, you know, argya. Uh, that's prishtam again. That's good for that. And for the water, water. You're offering the deity form of the Lord is water. That you use water. Um, but then he says, however, api, you know, sort of at the end, uh, uh, Whatever is offered by my devotee is most... So the, you notice the word preshtam has appeared several times in this verse, three times, actually. Uh, uh, so as you notice, you should notice these things. This, for the deity of the temple, this is preshtam, the most dear to me. Uh, and for the fire sacrifice, these things are preshtam. Or for the sun, these things are preshtam. And then finally, anything that is offered by uh, my, my bhakta with shraddha, with faith, even if it's just water, that's preshtam. That's most pleasing to me. So you, you notice that refrain there. You should notice the repetition. Repetition is there for emphasis. Uh, Vishnu uh, Chakravarti uh, Thakur, when he's talking about uh, this uh, this this uh, idea of let's uh, hear this word tattva vinyasa vinyasa excuse me vinyasa uh, uh, he says uh, one should worship forms on the ground such as lastu purusha mandala. Simply by placing the devatas of the principal limbs in particular places using specific mantras. So that's what they mean by this. Uh, I looked up the word in the Sanskrit dictionary. Uh, uh, the, the word that's used is nyasa, you know, with the long A, nyasa. Uh, and the basic meaning of this word, and here it says tatta nyasa. Uh, nyasa means putting down. Even it can use padanyasa, putting your foot down, stamping, impressing. Then it comes to mean drawing, painting, writing down. Uh, so here I'm just going to the, the dictionary. Uh, so just recording something in writing could be nyasa, putting it down. And then finally they say, here's the last part of the definition, mental appropriation or assignment of various parts of the body 
to tutelary deities. A tutelary deity is a deity who has supervision over a particular place or area or thing. It's called a tutelary uh, deity because the Romans had them and the Greeks had them, so that's there in, that word is there. So that's what Nyatse is. Uh, uh, so this is the system that you can, and you do it to yourself too when you're purifying yourself, the, the Buddha Shuddhi, as you may, when you only put on Tilak, Om Kejalaya Namaha, Om Naranaya Namaha, Om Maralaya Namaha, that's also Nyasa, replacing the mark of the Lord and saying, invoking that particular form of the Lord, one of the, the Vishnu forms, uh, Vishnu expansions of Krishna. That's also a kind of nyasa. So when you do this, when you make a deity on the ground, this Vastu Purusha Mandala, uh, or other other kinds of deities like that, then you would the priest would would do that kind of uh, nyasa, and that will this will come up again. Uh, 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 so as I mentioned earlier, if, if you go back and you look at the, 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 the fire is mentioned in nine, the sun has been mentioned. Now when the sun is mentioned, it, it, uh, you worship the sun every time you chant Gayatri Mantra. Uh, especially the Brahma Gayatri Mantra, is to Surya Narayan, the Lord and the Sun. So you're worshipping the Sun, uh, but the Sun as the place where Narayan is there for us anyway. We're not worshipping... Uh, uh, we don't worship the demigods. There's only one God, Krishna. Prabhupada said once, why do you worship many gods? No, there's only one God. And if we think of... Uh, and, and all the deities are just different manifestations of Krishna's working, his agents, so he worshiping Krishna. Um, and they use the word here, I think, uh, uh, the next, next verse. Uh, oh, I see. Um, when the sun is mentioned, um, uh, worship consisting of upastana and ardhya is preferred for the sun. Uh, they say that in the purport, I forgot where I didn't even look at the purport yet. Um, I don't remember where I, where I copied this from. Uh, that's the verse translation. Yeah, the, in the verse or the word-for-word word translation, they said the word-for-word system of upastana and arya is preferred for the sun. That's the word-for-word the word translation of abhyarhana, which is uh, the yoga meditation of 12 asanas and offering of argya. Uh, the word abhyarhana uh, uh, is... Uh, uh, I looked it up, because I haven't seen that word before, abhyarhana. 
it's, it, 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 in the Mona Williams Dictionary, it just says reverencing and honoring. And then the place they attest to it as occurring, so they'll tell you where the word is found, is the Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is the only place this word shows up in Srimad Bhagavatam in this particular context, this very verse. Uh, the word upasthana uh, for worship, it really just means to place oneself near or come close to. Uh, and then it specifically means going near to in order to worship, to wait upon, to attend. And this is upasthana uh, that's uh, 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 part of the activities of uh, of worship. <coughs> Water is also mentioned in in, in text number nine. Uh, when you worship the Ganga, for example, the Ganga is also a deity, and you can also worship Krishna as the Ganga, since he flows from his feet. You offer water to the water. That's the only incidence that I, I've seen referred to in this way, but that's that's what you what you do. Other than most the other sacred waters, that you would do the same thing. You wanted to offer something to Radhakund or something, you <laughs> do the same thing. Uh, uh. So let's go on. Uh, Uh, text 18. This is the 18 is the last one dealing with upasthana. Uh, uh, excuse me, upadana, uh, gathering and selecting the objects for worship. Uh, uh, so 18 goes like this. Buryapya bhaktato paritam. Yeah. Buryapya. Buri api abakto apalyam. Take it apart. Buri api abakto paritam anetoshaye kalpate gandhodupa sumanaso dipognyadyam. Atimpunaha. The translation is even very opulent presentations do not satisfy me if they are offered by non-devotees. But I am pleased. By any insignificant offering made by my loving devotees, and I am certainly most pleased when nice presentations of fragrant oil, incense, flowers, and palatable foods are offered to me uh, with love. Now, this translation expands quite a bit on the actual Sanskrit. Buri, uh, opulent, uh, offered by Ananda and Abhakta. Abhakta is a devotee, so Abhakta is one who is not a devotee. Does not please me. That's all it says. And then it says, does not create satisfaction. Huh? <laughs> does not bring about my satisfaction. And then there's a list. Ganda, uh, fragrance, incense. Dupa, uh, Ganda, fragrance. Dupa is incense. 
Sumanasaha, uh, flowers. This uh, interesting word for flowers. Uh, this is what Vishwanathakulari Thakur says in his commentary. This means flowers in the dictionary says because it means Sumanasa means a pleased mind or a pleasing mind, but it's also a word for flowers. So flowers. Deepa, uh, lamp. Ana, adhyam, a food and so on. And other things. Just list. So the, the implication is, which is not stated, but I am, uh, 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 well, then Kimpuna and anything else. So what it's saying, what does plead me, if, if the opposite is true in the second one. Avokta offers me anything opulent, I'm not, not pleased. But here these opulent things, Ganda, Dupa, Sumana, Deepa, and foodstuff, yeah, they please me when offered by the opposite of a bhakta, uh, that's the implication. Kimpuna, and whatever else they do. Uh, that's the sort of idea here. Uh, anyway, the uh, purport uh, here uh, to uh, text 18, the Lord has stated in the previous verse that even a little water offered with love and devotion gives him great pleasure. So that's where that kimpunaha. Therefore, the word kimpunaha indicates the words Kimpunaha indicate their Lord's complete happiness when a suitably offering uh, is made with love and devotion. But an offer, opulent offering made by a non-devotee cannot please the Lord. As Srila Jiva Goswami explains, the rules and regulations concerning deity worship and the listing of offenses against the deities are all meant for helping one avoid precisely this kind of disrespectful or neglectful attitude toward the personality of Godhead in his deity form. In fact, all offenses against the deity are based upon irreverence and disregard for the Lord's position as the master and thus upon disobedience to his orders. Since one must worship the deity with reverence, one should offer opulent presentations to the deity with love, for such presentations both enhance the respectfulness of the worship and help him avoid offenses in his worship. So one should, since it's God, you should offer the best. If the capacity is not there uh, to gain those things, then uh, uh, if you have the capacity and you don't do it, then there's a problem because you're being neglectful. If you don't have the capacity that's not held against you. If the love and devotion is there, um, that's, that's, the, that, that's the idea here. Uh, um, what it says here in the, this uh, commentary, remember in the, the, the supplement, there's a commentary on these verses. Um, they mentioned for, uh, uh, for text 18 to help uh, develop the proper attitude for deity worship. One should hear, read, read here and remember pastimes in which the Lord accepts some offering from his devotee. Good examples are found in Krishna book 
delivering the wives of the brahmanas who perform sacrifices. Uh, their sacrifice to him weren't pleasing, but the but the uh, offering of, of their wives was. And the brahmana sudama blessed by Lord Krishna. We had only a little bit of chip, chipped rice, but uh, that was very pleasing. Then he says, in the following prayer from the Stavamala, Srila Rupa Goswami aptly expresses the devotional attitude one should adopt in making an offering to the Lord. And here's the translation of this prayer. O enemy of the Mura demon, as you happily accepted the edibles from the wives of the Brahmanas of Mathura, the banana peels of Vidura, the butter, yogurt, milk of the cows of the Braj area, the handful of chipped rice from your friend Sudama, the milk from the nipples of Mother Yashoda, the sweets offered with love by the gopis of the Raja area, please accept my gift with the same pleasure. It's a very nice prayer. So once you, these are the kind of a meditation that one should have the idea of, of pleasing uh, the Lord. Now, uh, text number 19. It goes like this. Uh, now, now, from 19 and 20 uh, uh, are really uh, kind of uh, uh, go together uh, uh, because they deal with now uh, 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 the, the uh, beginning of the actual uh, worship starts to be talked about. Now you've gathered the ingredients together and talked about one's attitude in doing that. So, uh, 19. Suchi samvritta sambharaha kandarvare kalpitasanaha Asina Pagpudag Varchet Acharyam Vatrasamukaha. After cleansing himself and collecting all the paraphernalia, the worshipper should arrange his own seat with blades of kusha grass whose tips point eastward. He should then sit facing either east or north, or else if the deity is fixed in one place, he should sit directly facing the deity. Uh, so it says here, in purport, the word samvitta sambhara means that before beginning the deity worship, one should place all the necessary paraphernalia nearby. In this way, one will not have to get up continually to search for different items. If the deity has been permanently installed and one should sit facing the deity. Um, what it says here in the explanation to this uh, same verse, they say, after cleansing himself and collecting all the paraphernalia, the worshiper should arrange, uh, 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 oh, excuse me, uh, we just missed the verse, they say a movable deity should face either west or south when being bathed, or in such a direction that the pajari faces the main stationary deity. Uh, uh, 
So that's the uh, uh, idea here. Uh, and and the, the deity, uh, one has cleansed himself. But part of the cleansing process is called Bhuta Shuddhi, the sort of one of the preliminary things that you do. And it's very complicated. You purify your body. Uh, in the, uh, you'll find in, in the Pancharatra the simplified procedures, because they give simplified procedures and they're more... Because uh, uh, you can do Bhuta Shuti like that in part of your body, say mantras and like that. But here, here's how you should do Bhuta Shuti, simple way. And this is the way we've, we've, I remember doing it. It's just before you go on the altar, you, you meditate and recite this. I am by nature the eternal servant of Krishna, but my, by my, my misfortune, due to being inimical toward him from time immemorial, I have been identifying myself with the body and have been continuously wandering in the cycle of birth and death in the material world, suffering the burning threefold miseries. Now, as a result of some unimaginable good fortune, by the mercy of my spiritual master, I know that I am the eternal servant of Krishna, that I am an infinitesimal spiritual being, completely apart from the gross and subtle body. Now, by the order of my spiritual master, following in his footsteps, I have obtained the good fortune of being able to serve his lotus feet and the lotus feet of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Sri Sri Radha Shabasundar, or whatever the names are of the deities that you're worshipping. That's the simple way of personal purification uh, of, uh, of uh, the simplified uh, way of doing it. Um, uh, because here now it continues. Here I'll read text 20. Kritanyasa kritam nyasam madacham paninam richet kalasham prok kalasham prokshani yamcha jatavat upasadayet. The devotee should sanctify the various parts of his body by touching them and chanting mantras. I mentioned that already in this word. He should do the same for my deity forms, and then with his hands he should clean the deity of old flowers and the remnants of previous offerings. He should properly prepare the sacred pot and the vessels containing water for sprinkling. So this is so here the krita nyasa. Uh, uh, again, we said nyasa means to uh, touching various parts, and it says enchanting appropriate mantras while meditating on the corresponding forms of the Supreme Lord. You do krita nyasa. And Krita, notice as repeating Krita Nyasam, you and the deity. You do it for yourself and you do it for the deity. Uh, 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 so this is one way of sanctifying. And you can, there are ways of, more elaborate ways. And they're explained, by the way. If you, and in temples, very big temples, because there's simplified procedures at home, and then there's simplified procedures for the temple, and there's the more elaborate procedures. The articles you may offer can be 8, 16, 32, 64. 
and in the Panjarak Padiva book, you can say things, here's a flower, or you can say, Isha Pushpa, Pushpa, you know, here's a, uh, you know, in Sanskrit, according to your level of, of competence or the, 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 the requirements of, of the particular place. If they, the deities have been worshipped up to a certain level, it's not really a very good idea to go back down again. Better just to go up. <laughs> but don't go up until you're ready to maintain that standard so um, they get accustomed to it. And it can be, if you go down, it can be neglect uh, of them. So Pritanyasa, uh, sanctifying your own body. I mean, when we when we do uh, the, the elaborate achamana, you know, in case you lie in water, and then you also start touching the parts of your body with different mantras, that's doing it. Uh, and then in, in temples, there's a, there's a way of doing this and doing that with the different mantras. Uh, and that's what they mean this. We do that off the altar, and then we go on the altar, having been purified in this way. Uh, and the deity, uh, uh, somewhere, maybe uh, it says in here, uh, uh, well, they say here, texts 19 and 20 describe Atma Shuddhi, cleansing oneself. Sometimes it's called Bhuta Shuddhi, the elements of your body. And Upadana, collecting the items of worship. Then Asana Stapana, establishing one's seat. It's also a ritual where you're going to sit the kusha grass and, and, and all that stuff and purifying it. Uh, the nyasa, placing mantras on parts of the body. Uh, if you're at an elaborate temple before going on the altar, you'll sit down on kusha grass and, uh, you know, and really do the whole complicated uh, purification process. Um, uh, and then the murti should be cleansing the deity, prying the bathing, uh, then the establishing the sacred pot, uh, establishing the vessels of water. So the, the articles that you're offering are also purified uh, in different ways. Uh, uh, and there's different asanas, situations of worship for yourself and for the deities, uh, sometimes DTs are moved around uh, uh, from one place or another uh, where they're offered shoes led to a bathing area that may be taken to a bathing area and bathed, uh, uh, a, a dressing area. Uh, Yantrasana may be taken on a palaquin to go out and around. Uh, Bodhasana, a place for receiving uh, 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 prasadam, a food stuff, prasadam later, and giving, you know, uh, his hands washed and face washed and argya and so on. Uh, uh, sometimes he's given darshan in, uh, during the day and a uh, paryankasana. Paryanka means a couch. Uh, and then placing the Lord in the bed is a shayana asana. You can have all those places for the for the deity in elaborate worship. Uh, 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 uh. And they have a long thing here about nyasas, of the sounds and the various mantras. And uh, and if you want all the details, you can read it in this book. 
because we're running out of time. Uh, 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 so the, these are these are the the, the various ways of uh, preparing uh, 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 worship. So the 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 idea is that the deity form of the Lord is spiritual. If you want to approach spirit, you have to become spirit. Prabhupada has described devotional service as the process of transforming matter back into spirit. And everything is actually spirit. Uh, and sacrifice means, that he describes it as the re-spiritualization of matter. So when, when the things of the material world that have been used for sense gratification, they are called matter. Both your body and your senses are matter, and the objects are matter. Because where's God? Not in the process, right? Or maybe off to the side, yeah, go have a good time. Uh, give me money, give me this, give me that. God is, that, that, that idea of God is also a material idea. You don't appreciate what God is. Uh, people who worship God that way, even though they think there's only one God, they're really worshiping a bastard demigod. When you start worshiping God, it's when God is the object itself. And my own body and mind are all become focused on uh, pleasing the Lord. He is the one that is the enjoyer of all the objects in the world. So that way we offer them to him. When we do deity worship, we're acting out in a small stage, but we should be acting out all the time. But all the things that we have to be used for the satisfaction of Krishna. And that's re-spiritualizing matter. So as a devotee becomes purified, uh, your whole life you're on the altar. We should be thinking like that. A whole, but but deity worship is a special place where where uh, you you have a chance to enact this out in a very intense way. And if you pay attention, the interesting thing about the rituals, you can do them uh, on an automatic pilot if you're thinking about something else, or you can do them for real. I remember once. When I was uh, a new devotee, uh, uh, and I was also a graduate student in religious studies, one of my classmates was a Presbyterian minister, and uh, he uh, and I knew him, and I knew he didn't actually believe in God. He was a very, as they would say, enlightened. But his job was he was a Presbyterian minister and he was attending a religion department. He invited me to bring some devotees to to um, uh, his church and and to give a little talk. So we went, and it was just very very interesting because I knew he didn't believe a word of it, and he was going through a liturgy. And if you, if you went through the Presbyterian liturgy, it was obviously written, the rituals and what he said 
was done by people who had actually some feeling for God. But for him, it was just an act. I knew that. And he brought us there to shake his, he told us to shake them out of their, you know, narrow-minded Christian, you know, whatever. And, and, and of course, and anyway, and it was interesting afterwards, you know, various parishioners came up and gave me fundamentalist tracts about Jesus is the only way and stuff like that. And he said, don't mind that, you know. But, but to me, when I watched that service, I felt I was in the presence of the demonic, actually. That, 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 that I, I could see what was there originally. There was some actual feeling for God and some idea of worshiping God and full sacrifices. That's what the liturgy said. But he didn't believe it, and he was just going through the motions. The only thing that something got enlivening was when they took up the collection. That was, that was where there was some, some actual spirit... Uh, not for God, but <laughs> anyway, that was just an experience I had. So sometimes you'll see, uh, and you can do the same thing. You can sleepwalk your way to Krishna consciousness too. And there's plenty of people that do it. And they go through a liturgy. And if you look at what the, the liturgy, that is to say the formula for worship, if you follow it, it's very, very wonderful. But you can be thinking of and why, if you've learned it, the temptation, if you learn it, you can just do it on automatic pilot, just like you can chant your rounds on automatic pilot while your mind is making plans for other things. Uh, so it's very important to learn these things well, but it's also for once you learn them, not, not to just follow the empty ritual. Because the same thing can be on the fence if you're if the mind is not there, the feelings are not there. So that's the main thing. But if you do the formulas of Krishna consciousness and pay attention to what we're doing, you'll see the potency will flow. Anyway, that's the important thing about deity worship. We'll stop there. And continue text number 21. Okay. Thank you very much. Do we have any questions or comments or objections or whatever? Okay, so um, thank you very much for the class. This Earlier you were saying that if a person is, has the means that they should offer opulently to the Lord, um, and the implication that if you, if, you're, if you have the means and you don't do it, then you're neglecting. And so I was wondering if there was a further implication that if one is wealthy um, or has the means, one ought to offer opulent, make opulent offerings because maybe there's a tendency in, in, in those who have opulence to be neglectful because they think I'm the one who's achieved this or I'm the doer. Is that, would you say that that's a correct assumption that people who have opulence may... Well, 
it is uh, hard for a rich man to get into heaven as to put a camel through the eye of a needle. Uh, that verse has been... Uh, people try to figure that out. That's weird. A camel through the eye of a needle. So some people think the word that's translated camel is a little corruption of the word meaning a rope, which would make sense. Or that there was a, a, a needle gate in Jerusalem at that time that the camels couldn't fit through. But anyway, whatever it is, the impossibility is there. So there's a danger of being rich. And Prabhupada has talked about this. Our scripture said that does someone become rich? And they think that's because I'm very special. In America, we have the gospel of prosperity. is just where that comes right out again. Uh, the IRS is starting to investigate certain ministers who have got swimming pools, and, you know, uh, and uh, you know, so the, those kind of things are there. That 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 uh, I'm some special God is giving me His bounty, and uh, and I use it for myself, my sense gratification. God is my what is the prophet use the word order supplier. I never knew of that word, by the way, until I went to India the first time and understood what it meant because they have stores called Order Supplier. Think of Amazon.com. <laughs> that is an order supplier. Whatever it is you needed for anything, you go to this one store and they gather it all together and deliver it. Uh, and so that's the order supplier. You don't have to go to this merchant, that merchant, that merchant. You go to the order supplier, and they do all that and bring it. That's what an order supplier is. And now we have it in the West in the form of Amazon.com, the river that brings everything. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a danger. That's very, very much of a danger in that, that if you have wealth, it's not that, not that you have to uh, suffer and be in poverty and stuff like that, but you have to, you have to use your wealth in the service of Krishna. We, we, don't, we don't demand that uh, you give everything. But Prabhupada originally said that initiated devotees who have money should get 50% of their income. I assume that's their after-taxes income and, you know, or profit. Not not sure gross, but <laughs> your net income uh, for the service of the Lord. That was his formula. Fifty percent. Yeah. Fifty percent wouldn't it? Actually, I think I might have heard this from you. Um, that if you're going to get, you know, if you're really going to follow it and get fifty percent, that means if you're inclined towards making wealth at all, you should make enough that you can live off 50% and, and, and then you'll be able to donate something substantial, not that you're impoverishing yourself. Or, in other words, if you're going to go, go, out, go all out, right? Uh, but anyway, anyway, yeah, if your idea is accumulating wealth, yeah, it's given up to live on, yeah, sure. Uh, it, is, it is not that we expect anybody to... Well, people have different standards. I mean, when, when Prabhupada in Mayapur, he, he put in indoor bathrooms, which scandalized some of his godbrothers in Mayapur as being so opulent. Uh, and uh, Prabhupada, you know, these are my American disciples, 
is what they're used to. Uh, because outdoor, you know, you, you have school outdoors, uh, and uh, uh, you didn't have indoor bathrooms. I mean, to us, I thought they were pretty austere indoor bathrooms. There was no running hot water at all. And in, anyway, they were, but uh, but uh, that's that's what we did. So people's idea of austerity is a little different than what they're used to, and so on. Uh, but uh, you know, as people of vices, they have the right to be in uh, some amount of. But you have to, you know, every 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 every, you know, a kshatriya. On the other hand, is like, you know, they they're pretty. They they have they run kingdoms and they have a lot of wealth to dispose of. But they have to put their lives on the line to protect others. That's, I mean, not very many people really want to do that. But that's what a kshatriya is. You'll die rather than see your subject suffer. That's what a real kshatriya is. It's not what you have today. Prabhupada once remarked, that that if, if President Nixon wants to fight a war, he should be on the front lines, not back in the White House smoking cigarettes while other people die. <laughs> you have your austerities of your position. Ramananda has a question. He asks, I'd like to ask about mudras or hand gestures. When I see priests do fancy mudras, I always think it looks somewhat comical, but it is part of puja. How important are mudras? So for very elaborate formal worship, they're very, they're very useful. And I, I really think they help you uh, to engage in other sense. And it's a way of communicating uh, uh, to the deity, uh, and so if you if, if if you have the chance to learn them and use them, you should. Uh, uh, there are plenty of, of people that that get by without. Again, if you have big temples with formal worship, mudras uh, 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 are important. You should be correctly trained. You don't make a mistake. Just like if you want to chant them, uh, and, uh, when you offer articles of worship, there's something you can say in Sanskrit. You should know enough to say it correctly. Otherwise, just say it in English. Person will understand that. You can do mudras. You should. Uh, you should do that. Uh, if you learn them properly and are trained properly. So you have to be trained in those things. So my other question is, like, when I've seen or read about the way Prabhupada would install deities and set up the worship, that level of opulence seems to be a lot lower than what you see in, in many temples now where we have very elaborate 
decorations, thousands and thousands of dollars spent spent on outfits and stuff like that. And you know, there's no denying the devotion of, of the devotees who are involved in that directly. Um, sometimes I personally question if, if, if that level of opulence is warranted, if Prabhupada would approve. And sometimes I think, you know, is the money better spent on things like a Sunday school for the children or doing something that is more engaged with preaching and, and things like that. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to be critical of others' devotion, but uh, I, I guess I just wonder, you know, is there a limit to the opulence? And, and, and I'm thinking in temples where not everybody's wealthy, you know, it's like it's, 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 um, it's a sacrifice to put that kind of money into that worship. When, and I, so I wonder, you know, would it be better if it were directed elsewhere, you know, because they're, no. okay. <laughs> Opulent deity worship, I think it's a little dangerous. Oh, they should be feeding the poor instead of feeding the idols, right? I mean, you can get in, you know, the. Uh, so this is offering to create, if it's done sincerely, if it's done not for show, if it's done because people love to do it, I think it's perfectly fine. But it was simple in the beginning simply because we didn't have much money and there was no. Opulence. And I think Prabhupada had to ask the deities, please forgive my Western disciples, they don't know how to do this. But as soon as we got a little bit of uh, uh, money and we got a little bit of facility, we did it. And he was very happy that we did it. Uh, uh, some, uh, I don't think Prabhupada's ever said, you know, he's given us limits, don't use real jewelry or at least keep it to a, to a limit. And also, too much uh, focus on rituals can become karma conduct. That was Lord Chaitanya's uh, criticism of the Mudras. Their focus was just on opulent deity worship. So there, there, there is something to be said. I mean, I, I shouldn't, you know, uh, say that because, because there are limits. And you can get so involved in rituals that that you think that just by doing the rituals everything is fine, and then then it's, it can become karma kanda, be contaminated by karma. Because because uh, Chaitanya met some tattvavadis, and he said that there's some tinge of karma and jnana. Because uh, because they said that the 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 the, the goal. Uh, is to become liberated and go to Vaikuntha. And so because there's a desire for liberation, there's some tinge of, of jnana. Uh, and, and because the method is worshipping the deity, uh, uh, just in, in itself, elaborate deity worship, that was their method. That's also a contamination of karma. So one has to use some, some, some discernment some 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 good judgment about about what's going on, and how how far it, it should go, uh, uh, but but uh, um, yeah. So so we we so so I mean, Prabhupada, I I was there when we just installed the deities in Krishna Balaram Temple. And he had the local people do it with very elaborate rituals lasting three days. 
technically perfect, and he was not into it personally so much. And he said that our chanting is installing the deities. Uh, so on the one hand, it should you know that that that, that there's a there's a limit to how much you should do this kind of stuff. Uh, 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 but it, it, as far as elaborate rituals go, anyway, I don't think he. Uh, but the, the limitation on gorgeous decorating and dressing, I don't think he ever said anything except the, the idea of not having real gold, real gems, and so on, because it's a temptation to thievery. Ideally, you could have all those things. It really belongs to them. It's a little dangerous. Probably you guys think. Anyway, just automatically, anytime you see gorgeous decoration and dressing, thinking this is like over the top. It's in other areas. In a, in a congregation. Well, that's up, that's up to the local judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes people will donate for one thing and they won't donate for something else. And you can try to say to them, this is more important to get old. What can, I, what can you do? The donation is earmarked. You can... and use it for something else. Um, Rasa Rasika Prabhu asks, how much emphasis should we put on Shastra correctness versus institutional norms? That's a very loaded question. I don't know what the institutional norms are and how far they come close or fall short of Shastra, whether they really do or, 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 or not. Uh, uh, you can use Shastri correctness to, to, to commit a lot of Vaishnava aparat, so you have to be very careful. And you can become a perfectionist, uh, and you can criticize everything everybody does because it isn't up to some Shastri correction. Uh, uh, and then uh, uh, that might be a problem. No. So just be careful. The, the, the first thing we should do is, is be very, very careful uh, of the Vaishnava Aparad. So I was wondering also, kind of sort of indirect, maybe direct uh, related to the last question that I asked, is, in, is it... Generally, when we see deity worship, we purchase flowers, or we'll have outfits made in, you know, sent out to India, and I think sometimes made by Muslim craftsmen and things like that. And and I was just wondering, you know, if there is facility and people are willing, you know, is it better to have the opulent, or is it better to have stuff made by devotees? You know, I guess in one sense it doesn't matter because you're paying, you know, devotees are contributing their wealth. To it, so they're they're partaking of that that creation in that way. But I was just wondering, you know, if, if it's preferable to do things, you know, DIY, homegrown, 
mm-hmm. homegrown worship, homegrown paraphernalia, that sort of thing. Nice, you know. Um, uh, um, but anyway, uh, would we order a beauty paraphernalia um, from India, where they are very expert at doing it, and it's very, very nice, and they know what they're doing. Um, uh, a lot of times you can do it through temples who actually have devotees doing these things. And that's very nice to do that, uh, I think, if you can. Um, there's a there's a word in English, punctiliousness, uh, showing great attention to detail or correct behavior. If that's over-exaggerated, um, it becomes fault-finding. And usually when you see a lot of punctiliousness uh, and every religion has this problem where, where, you know, the correct following of strict following of things, you follow the letter of the law but not the spirit. And usually when you see this kind of punctiliousness, it's usually because in some very important thing you're falling short. But if I, even if I find myself starting to criticize other people for the, for the fact that, that, that they're doing rituals incorrectly all the time and I'm obsessed with correct rituals, and I see myself doing that or somebody doing that, usually it's an overcompensation for some other failure they're not dealing with on their own part. So this is this is this is uh, you become uh, you know what in the Bible the Pharisees you know are accused of punctiliousness and that letter of the law rather than this is in violation of the spirit and uh, and uh, and so on and then you get people obsessed with these kind of correct things while they're really doing horrible things somewhere else so that that's a danger. Uh, this over exaggeration uh, of this attention to detail and fanatical obsession with correct pronunciation of Sanskrit. That's one, you know, somebody goes around and says, none of you, your whole movement's going to hell because none of you say, you know, the, the saga right or something, you know, and that, that, will, that will happen. But I've seen people like doing that know, taking some little thing and becoming your obsession while on um, what the, if you look at their own personal behavior, you'll find like on major things like the regular principles, there's some discrepancy. So be careful. All right. Yugula Rasa asks, uh, she offers her basis, but she Says Krishna doesn't accept anything from the hands of non-devotees, only his devotees. But there are different levels of devotees. What about devotees who are not advanced? Does Krishna accept? In other words, at what point does Krishna accept from neophyte devotees? Well, you know, Prabhupada gave us early on the procedure of offering things to him first, and then <laughs> so that so that. Uh, 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 Krishna's nature is 
that even a little bit of devotion he'll accept it. You know, he's very... Uh, Krishna's eagerness to establish a relationship uh, with every jiva is really excessive. So that if we do even a little thing to go toward Krishna, Krishna will reciprocate with us. Uh, and uh, that that's his uh, 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 kindness and his mercy especially as exhibited by Lord Chaitanya, uh, who distributed, you know, Krishna consciousness to everybody. And, and, you know, he was very, very strict with the people that were advanced. But to those people that weren't, he was very, very liberal. And we should, we should, uh, uh, we, we should take the same attitude and accept what is good and encourage them uh, 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 and thinking that if that, yeah. uh, I mean, it was very hard coming to the temple in the very beginning because the devotees were not very advanced and they were very punctilious. And my first experience of the temple was was really I came in spite of the devotees sometimes because because uh, you'd do something wrong, uh, you 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 would look in the kitchen and somebody bawl you out because that food's being offered to Krishna and you shouldn't do that, or or you you you'd blow out a candle. Your mouth is the dirtiest part of your body. I mean, it's like really heavy duty, you know, all these things. You know, and after a while, you get a little paranoid. Uh, so you know, you you can explain those things to people gently in a nice way, or you can jump down their throats. Uh, and uh, and so one uh, one has to be so one should one should, one should when people are making mistakes, uh, they're not very advanced. You should do what encourages them to make advancement rather than make yourself feel better because you know better and you can teach these other people what to do. <laughs> okay, and your wife has a question by phone. Go ahead. It's a comment, actually. I remember um, Prabhupada did say that it's nice if the deity outfits and jewelry and everything is made by you know, the devotees themselves. And, of course, that was the way it used to be because that was our only way. And there were so many more people that, you know, people could all be the different outfits and things like that. And I saw something very inspiring. I saw um, devotee Bhumi was mentioning that she helped Varanasi make um, a John Lasney outfit for Radha Govinda. And... I think it was Farnassi, and she used to do that when they lived in Brooklyn, um, you know, back back in the day, you know, uh, years ago. So it was, it's nice that still that's being done. And I know, uh, like Nandi Muki, she made some wonderful, beautiful outfits for the DVs in Philadelphia. So that's preferable, but, um, uh, you know, it's... Um, not always possible. There's actually very few people um, that are able to do that full time and be 
support it and everything like that. So anyway, it was very nice seeing that Varanasi was still making outfits for Radha Govinda. <laughs> One of the early yeah, it's better if devotees do it. That's true. Yeah. And I know that um, that they're also trying to have deity outfits made in Ujjain, which is a um, outfits made by devotees there at that temple in Ujjain and, and sent out. So it's nice. Yeah. People have been scandalized by the fact that it turns out in Vrindavan that a lot of the people employed in making deity outfits are Muslims. I've heard that. Yeah, well, um, I know that um, if you don't order an outfit from India at the right time and the month of Ramadan comes and then um, it's very hard to get the Muslim workers to do it. (laughs) Yeah. So that, anyway, that's, uh, yeah, the thing is, is that, is that, that if you want to have people available who are devotees to make needy outfits, you have to at least keep them alive. Yes, <laughs> and support them. <laughs> that would be part of the expense of the outfit. Right. And I don't know if we ever run out of third world, what we'll do. <laughs> They have to actually, you know, devotees to do the service, you know, you, I, I should mention that the devotees who serve the deities, if you maintain them and serve them, that's also serving the deities. You've got to be very careful with Pajari sometimes because if you make a mistake, you know, uh, people that are really worshiping the deities, they may have some faults, but you, you got to be a little careful because you can suffer a reaction because they're, <laughs> they're serving the deities very nicely. Of course, there are people in Islam and their religious movements, you know, that will love God but hate the devotees, and that's not to be discouraged. And I once described that as the Pujari disease, but, but one has to be careful. But but uh, but but it, it is really uh, important for our deity worship would really be improved if all those people who contribute to the deity worship were actually devotees and were sufficiently taken care of so they could do their service with peace of, peace of mind. Meanwhile, we are working under emergency conditions. That's my take on that one. Okay. Anything else? On that happy note, <laughs> we'll conclude and we'll take up again chapter 10 to 11, chapter 27, text 21. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai Shri Bhagavatam Ki Jai.